Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We just let Kyle win. We just let Kyle win, and then he. Anyway, he's, he's, he's got to give some. He's got to give some. Yeah, yeah. he's, yeah. he's got to do. He's got to do the handouts because uh, it's not fair that you know that he wins all the races. So you know. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode seven of the High Limit Room. Dylan Welch, Kyle Larson, Brad Sweet, with you as always. Kyle and Brad are uh, in the middle of Houston's High Bank Nationals, and that's where they're at right now. Um, this is Thursday when we're recording this and last night, Kyle scored another win, uh, opening night of the high bank nationals. So yes, uh, I'm drinking water. So cheers, Kyle. Um, we can toast his third straight high limit sprint car series win as well. That came at Eagle uh, a couple of weeks ago now back on, on June the 6th. So, um, are you Kyle? Are you are you sharing your your money? There's been some Twitter. Some some folks seem to think that you should just share all this money you're winning. So what's yeah. uh, who's who's getting the cut? Yeah, I don't know. I, I I seen there was what sixty cars in the pit area. So maybe I could walk by and give everybody a couple hundred bucks. You know, think that would <laughs> think that would make the fans happy, anyways. But uh, or some of them. But um, no, it's been it's been fun to to win you know, lots of races and. Uh, you know, each each race we've won, I think this year is is paid pretty pretty decent. So um, I think we've got like under ten races in our belt, and you know we're probably second or third on the money list right now in, in sprint car racing. You know, compared to guys who ran you know thirty nights or so. So um, it's been kind of cool to to be up front and contending every night, and, and Paul's been getting the car really close every night. So it's been it's been fun to uh, go out there and be qualifying well. And even if we you know, don't qualify great, you know, race our way forward into the, the dashes of the redraws and, um, you know, keeping ourselves in the hunt. So yeah, it's been fun. And, and a lot of the tracks we've been going to honestly kind of suit our team and, and our, our setup and, um, all that. So no, it's been good. And you look forward to the rest of the week. Well, we, uh, you know, Eagle obviously was one of those races, as we said, that, that went well for you guys. Um, I think we need to talk about if we're going to recap that talk about the crowd. First of all, um, everybody, I think by now has probably seen the pictures. Those of you that were there know how packed it was. Uh, Tony and I were in the booth and and were amazed at uh, the line of traffic. And they said they had to uh, like open the back gate pit for the you know first time in a long time. So uh, that uh that's what we want right i mean that was uh you know brad like that's that's as good as it gets right there everybody talked about how exciting and how happy they were that four tens were back at eagle and i think it delivered yeah i mean i think when we announced this series um you know there was a lot of people that were skeptical whether we could get crowds you know on these tuesday nights and um you know we preached from the word go that we were going to go to places that you know, maybe we're deprived of some, some 410 racing. And, um, you know, I think Eagle is a perfect example, obviously, uh, you know, grand slam home run. If they could all be like that, it'd be amazing, but, um, you know, really cool for all the hard work to, to kind of come together and, and, uh, you know, the proof of concept, you know, all the ideas that we had to, 
to get there and then actually have a crowd of that magnitude was, was amazing. Um, you know, it was great to work with, with Roger Hayden, um, you know, the, the owner of Eagle Raceway, he was, he was great. You know, they did a great job parking cars. I mean, it takes a, a really big group effort, uh, you know, to pull that off and, and somewhat be organized and get people through the gate. So, uh, JP, my wife, uh, you know, it was all hands on deck. Be walk. Uh, we had Lowell morale out from out in California, helping get, uh, people through the gates. It's just a really, really great night. And then, uh, man, the racing was great. That place is just a, a gym out there. Uh, in Lincoln, Nebraska, just, um, you know, high banks, great facility. It's like everything just took care of itself. Uh, Rico and Kyle put on a great show. Um, yeah. So it was, if they could all be like that, it'd be great. Uh, but it was really nice to have one that great for sure. Kyle, I mean, for you, you know, you were, you obviously were the last one to win a 410 race there before, uh, this most recent one as well. So I know you were excited about it. Um, Take us through those those you know last few laps with Rico and and um, the sliders you guys were throwing at each other. You guys have raced against each other for a long time, so I know there's a level of trust there that maybe doesn't come with everybody. But um, it sure was fun to watch. Yeah, it was it was fun too behind the wheel. Really, from the drop of the green, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, Rico didn't he start on the pole or whatever or front row and. Um, you know, him and Marks and myself and Macri were all kind of the same speed, you know, really close. And it felt like the four of us uh, were battling, you know, for the lead really at that point. And, um, you know, long, pretty long green flag run to start the race. Then, you know, we had some caution periods there in the middle. Um, was able to inherit the lead after, you know, Brent uh, messed up into one and, and flipped. And then, yeah, I, I was kind of just cruising the bottom one and two and, would you know, pick up the cushion through three and four and felt like I was doing a decent job of that and hadn't really seen the top come in to that point in one and two uh, before that. And then Eureka showed his nose the one time into three. So it kind of got me, um, you know, ready for something. And then he slid me the next lap and uh, was able to cross him over and, and then get back to the top, get to the top one and two. And, um, definitely felt a lot faster up there it was sketchy though you know that hole into one which is i imagine always there the track to me felt like exactly the same as when it was in 2017 um so it was fun you know it was technical great track Eureka it was able to throw you know another couple sliders at me um there are the handful of laps left so um i know the crowd was on their feet and uh cheering and didn't know who was gonna win and um yeah, it was just good to edge out Rico there. He's been probably the first or second best car, I think, throughout the country this year. And to beat uh, to beat him at an elbows up track like that felt great. Yeah, I think they said there's like, it's like a soft spot in the earth in that turn one hole that they've tried to like, Rogers tried to like fill it in. He's tried to do like everything, but it's literally just like a part of the ground. So that's why it's all that spot is always uh in turn one so uh i, think, I know they try like a lot of these tracks like we turn off the track right there and like you yeah. load a little bit on your left rear as you're driving off so i think it just like gets a little hump and then as cars you know, start driving over it then it gets deeper and deeper and deeper and then you yeah. bottom out after it and then the then the another hole develops so um i think it's just a product of where you pull off the racetrack that's why you see like eldora into three is always rough because the haulers, you know, pull the infield right there. So Tulare's same thing off of one. 
um, gets the hump. So it's uh, it adds character, and I think it's fun. You know, it was I was I was nervous. You know, leading I wasn't running nearly as hard as I I needed to because I just didn't want to do like what Britt Marks did. You guys can both add on this because you've both run at places like the the three you just mentioned that all kind of have those those dips in the same spot. But does that make it easier is the wrong word, but like more predictable, just knowing that it's it's right there as opposed to just having to like, you know, blow through a cushion where it's choppy or anything like that? Like if it's in the same spot every lap. Does that kind of help you position your car in the right spot or, or not really? <laughs> yeah, it will always know that like Tulare going to have the hole in turn one. And obviously Eagle kind of has that characteristic too. So, um, it's not something you love as a driver. I mean, at least I don't Kyle probably likes character more than I, I do. That. Uh, but I a lot to her for a long time now. So he doesn't <laughs> like bumps. <laughs> yeah, no, we like slick and smooth, but no, I mean, it, it does help. Like I, I you know, I've learned at Tulare, you know, some of the tricks to, to get through the hole. Um, you know, where you, you watch guys really struggle with trying to figure all that out, like angles and, and how to stay loaded. And, um, you know, I think once you learn that it kind of translates to a lot of other tracks that, that have those similar type of holes and, and rough spots, you know, there's a certain way you can, you can drive through holes. And obviously, um, we raced in California a lot, so we've dealt with a lot of rough tracks. <laughs> When it, when you get that bunny hop though, that like, like Mark's had, and I mean, there's a lot of guys that had it at Eagle. What can you do? I mean, is like the only thing to like try to get pointed and just hammer down and go, or are you just kind of like a passenger at that point? <laughs> when it gets as big as what Mark's had going on, it was, he was a passenger, but like, you know, when Rico and I were battling, you know, I was just trying to like, I didn't want to hit it too hard and get pogoing bad like he was. So or like he did. So I was probably running like 80% on entry and still felt like I was going to flip. But then, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're just trying to, I don't know, be loaded, I guess. And, and on both pedals really probably through it, but, um, it's, it's tough. It's, it's, you can't hit it sideways. You know, if you, if you go in there a little too, too sideways, that's really what gets the, the pogo going. So you kind of almost have to like, arc out more than you want to or or run straighter through a hole like that it's uh to me it to me it's fun i like i like when tracks have character on entry because it slows the pace down it allows for typically you know more options of lanes and stuff so um that's why i think one and two at Tulare to me is is a better corner than than three and four because your three and four typically is much more sweeping and smooth and one and twos, you're sharper and got that hole. So you have to slow down and it, it opens up rooms for, you know, just odd angles and, and different ways to get around the corner. So, um, and then yeah, Eagles, Eagle is the same way. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. You got to stay loaded. I think that's like the biggest thing. It's like, you don't just, and you run, you got to run, you know, less pace, you know, whatever your car will handle. And definitely I think the brakes are key to getting, getting through holes too. So Yeah. Yeah, that was, it looked, it looked bad, but it looked like, it looked like you guys were, uh, you know, pretty under control from the infield. Just Mark's just caught it just wrong. It looked like. Yeah, it would have been a great, I wish, I wish he didn't mess up, you know, cause I, it would have been a great race. I think at, at some point, cause I think you, know, hopefully we get a long run there. Hopefully we get to traffic. Rico comes back into the picture. You know, I'm there, buddy's probably up there. I think it turns into a, 
amazing race. So um, it was a yeah. bummer. It was definitely a bummer when, when Mark's when Mark's wrecked. Yeah, I thought he had. I thought he had kind of the best car, maybe there. Like he definitely had more drive on exit than than it looked like like Rico at the beginning. So it would have been definitely a good race between the three of you. Yeah. Geo got there at the end. Obviously, he was the the hard charger, seventeenth uh, to third. What did you make of that, Brad? You you had a you know kind of first hand look at it, at least from the infield. Um, what was he? Do you remember what he was doing right that was kind of allowing him to get by guys? Yeah, he 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 hit the bottom, you know, really good, um, and just was patient early on, you know, getting getting through some of those restarts because we had a you know number of double file restarts and. Um, you know, I think he was picking them off pretty good. And then, uh, you know, once you get to a certain point, you know, top eight or so, then, you know, if you have a really good car like he did, you you can, you know, get up there a lot quicker. So, um, you know, from what I could see, he was definitely hitting the bottom really good in, in three and four, which a lot of guys were up the track. And then, uh, you know, he could he kind of hit the bottom in, in one and two and go across the middle. And, um, yeah, he's been pretty good all year, you know, on the Outlaw Tour and, He's taking some money from our, our high limit races, but yeah, he did a good job. And I think he made a bunch of extra money on that hard charger deal uh, that night. I think there was even an extra 2,500 bucks. So yeah. I think he almost made as much as second place, which uh, he he's loving that high limit money. You mentioned that you mentioned the choose cone. I thought it was interesting too, because he even said it in his post-race interview at Eagle. And then also when he won at Lakeside at the beginning of the year, they're like, he made up a lot of you know spots just on the choose cone. Like, I feel like he, he's been one of the ones that's been most effective at using it coming from deep. Cause I don't remember where he started at Lakeside, but it was like ninth or 10th or something. Um, and he picked up a, you know, a row or two, like each yellow he said, and, and I think he used it pretty effectively at, at, at Eagle too. So it seems like he's maybe got it figured out more so than some of the other guys that are kind of, you know, buried in the middle of the pack every night. Yeah. I think the biggest thing is like the choose cone allows, like if your car is working better on the bottom, like if you're just, and you're not really comfortable running the top, like you, you know that you can go to the bottom and pick off some cars or, you know, that, you know, if you're not going to be able to slow down and hit the bottom, you know, you're, you're able to choose the top where like the way the outlaws do it is just, you're just at the mercy of whatever, whatever the leader um, chooses. So, you know, a lot of times you might be making ground up on the bottom and the leader might choose the top, you know, and you're in an odd position and you got to choose, then you have to go to the top and then you end up losing spots. So I think the choose cone just allows it to be in your hand your hands for with what your car is doing. Do you still enjoy it, Kyle? I mean, you've been one that's been at the front, obviously that that's had to kind of go through that thought process under yellow a little more than, than most. Um, is it, is it something that, um, you know, you think still is, is a valuable kind of tool for strategy for the guys at the front? Uh, I mean, for sure. I think, I think at the front it's, it's, pretty simple um you're kind of just going opposite of the guy in front of you um i think as you get further towards the mid pack back you know that's when you might have a guy or two guys choose the same lane and then you can you know go in the opposite of them and gain a row stuff like that and and then you can really think about you know as brad mentioned because you know on the restarts when you're sixth row or whatever on back like it's so choked up in one. It's like, you know, where's my car going to handle best? You know, where can I carry the most momentum or, or, you know, maybe this guy, if that shoes the bottom in front of me, you know, his cars looked tight. He might miss the bottom. I could choose behind him and, and get, get underneath him and gain a, a row there on the restart, stuff like that. So yeah, I, I think the choose rule is, 
is great. I think it's something that you're probably going to see other series um, adapt, you know, in, in the future. I think it's it's the fairest form of a double file restart, you know, given, given yourself the opportunity and uh, putting it in your hands, I think is great. And two, I think we, we've showed too that, I mean, what I've loved to see from us, is, you know, we choose on the front stretch and we come to the green off turn four. Yeah, I think that's really important. Um, yeah, I think that's been great. So, um, yeah, I definitely, I definitely think series will adapt it, you know, looking on in the future. maybe. Yeah. I see those jackass fans that say, uh, that it's gimmicky and I'm like, how is it gimmicky? It's like the most ungimmicky. Like it's just, you just choose what lane you want to restart the race in. It's not like it's, there's no gimmick there. So I don't like when, I like that we explained it from our perspective because I think that shows, you know, that we like it that way, that we get to be in control of of where we want to be, you know, on the restart. So I haven't heard Um, a single driver complain any, any about it either. I think everybody in the field feels the same. I I would imagine, you know, about, you know, having it in their hands. It's the most fair way to do it. I mean, it's the most fair and, you know, it's, it allows you, it's allows you to choose, you know, if you if you want to be high or low, I think that's different than having to go wherever the leader chooses. I think that's sometimes that sucks as a driver. You know, when you're in like row four, five, and six, like it, it almost like the leader. It might be good for the leader, but then it loses you. You know, two or three spots because of their choice. Which you know, you can't get mad at them, but you shouldn't be tied to the leader. I don't think. No. It sounds like Eldora has maybe added that to the million format as well. So. Um, that'll be another, another kind of, uh, fun wrinkle into the, the program there. Um, which of course you can see here on flow in uh, last about three weeks, double file, a whole race too. Yeah. what do you think of that? <laughs> that's I think insane. that's wild. Yeah, that's wild. That's a, uh, is that too yeah. much? Well, I mean, what's the guy on that, you know, green, white checkered or, or something, $900,000 difference from first to second. I mean, there's not a lot to lose, you know, for, for the guy, you know, that's in second, you'd hate, you'd hate a guy to be leading and, and going to win the race and, uh, you know, double file with like two to go and, uh, second place, just, you know, it doesn't race real clean or, you know, there's not a lot to lose there. So, you know, and I know a lot of people are going to do a lot of things for, for a million dollars, but I guess if you're a fan, you know, tune in to watch, (laughs) it's going to be exciting. That's for sure. Hey, if it's, uh, if it's you two on the front row coming to the, you know, coming to the checkered or whatever, it, it is a $900,000 difference between winning that race and finishing second. What, uh, how do you guys race each other? Do we get to Larry 2.0 or what? We just let Kyle win. We just let Kyle win. And then he, and just, anyways, he just he's got to give some, he's got to give yeah. some. Yeah, he's yeah. he's got to do it. He's got to do the handouts because, uh, it's not fair that, you know, that he wins all the races. So, you know. No, I think, uh, I think it'll be, um, I think it'll be pretty intense no matter who it is, but I mean, I, I think when there's that amount of money on the line, I just think you just, you just go as hard as you possibly can. I just hope it's not dirty, you know? And I think at Eldora, you can, you can be a little bit dirty. Um, I just hope that for the sake of our sport and integrity and, and everything that everybody like that late model deal last year, I felt like they raced each other clean, even though it was a million dollars. It was like, it was cool to see them race it out and you'd hate, you'd hate for like us to get a black guy in sprint cars. If you know, a guy just drives through a guy on the last lap, but you know, shit, you also can't blame them. 
for <laughs> I mean, it's, it's life changing, you know? So I think you're going to do whatever you feel like you need to do to win. That's for sure. Is that, I mean, is that something that you guys, a race of that caliber, I know it's still a few weeks out, but is that something where you guys run through scenarios like that already where you're like, okay, like if I'm in this spot, like I'm ready to do whatever it takes. Like, do you, do you think about that? Or is it something in the moment where you just kind of go with your gut and do what you think is right or what you need to do? I don't think you think of, I mean, you get excited about it. I mean, from my perspective anyway, but like, I, I certainly think like you're going to wake up on that day and you're going to feel differently about, you know, I mean, even that day before, like you're certainly going to be willing to take, take more risk and, and know that there's a lot more on the line than a typical race. I mean, you know, we, we race hard at all the races, but I think there's another level at big races. And then this might be like another level, you know, to that. I think you're going to have to literally, uh, take some risk and, and be, you know, really, really on your game, uh, to be able to win a million dollars. doesn't matter if Kyle Larson's in the field or not. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody just, everybody just thinks, you know, you take all our money, but, but I just want to say it from a racer's perspective. I'd rather you be there. And I'd rather beat you, you know, like heads yeah. up. I don't, I don't, I don't like the, you know, as racers, I think we're happy that you're there, you know, and that we don't feel like you're taking our money. We feel like you're racing fair and square and, you know, that we have to beat the best, whether that's Kyle Larson or back in the day, it was Steve Kinzer or, you know, Donnie Schatz had his reign of time and, and he still could win the race, but it just, it doesn't matter. There's always, you know, someone, you know, that's at the top of their game and, uh, to win a million bucks, you certainly want to, you know, beat whoever the best is. And, um, you know, I think that race will, will surely bring out, you know, every great sprint car racer that has a chance and it'll be intense. Um, you know, I think David Gravel has been really good lately. I think you've been good. I think Rico has been good. Uh, you know, I think there's a lot of contenders, um, you know, for that million bucks and it'll be intense no matter what. We had a surprise winner with the All-Stars and Sam Hayfertip, um last week during Ohio Speed Week, as, we, as we've talked about, kind of the last last uh, sprint car race before the millions. So while we're uh, while we're talking about it, we may as well just just put a bow on this conversation. Um, well, hold on, hold hold on. You, I didn't. Kyle didn't give us his answer on uh, that. It, yeah, he didn't. You're right. So what? I do you still, I still, I want to hear because I like his. I want to hear his perspective because. Does he, does Kyle Larson, is he just, is it just another day in the life, you know, going for a milli? No big deal. Well, he's already won it. He's already won like $3 million races. Right. So it's, you know, it's, yeah. it's no just, biggie. Just, I mean, I don't want to sound like arrogant or anything, but like, I think having experience racing in races that pay a million and, and having won a few of them now, like, I don't know. I, I don't think that I will. Like, I, I know what you're saying, like, you're going to wake up that day and it's going to feel different and, and it's going to be on, it's already on everybody's mind. Um, before the all-star race <laughs> this, this year, like, I was like, oh shit, it's the all-star race. Like, just, it did feel like just another day. And I think, and I'm, and I'm, I'm, again, I'm not trying to sound arrogant by it. I think that's a good thing for a guy like me. You know, I, I don't think the moment's going to feel bigger than a high limit race does. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it will once I wake up that day, but I hope because of having that feeling, you all know, make better decisions on the racetrack, <laughs> smarter decisions. I won't do maybe things 
um, as crazy as some other or, or desperate moves like others may, you know, that, that get them in trouble or, or hurt their chances to win. So, um, but I don't know. I mean, you don't know until you get out there. You don't know until you qualify. You don't know until you see where you line up and what race, who you're around, stuff like that. It's hard to predict what your feeling is going to be. But I, I do think, you know, having experience racing for a million already, winning a million dollar race a few times, I think it definitely helps the, uh, the mindset when you go into big races um, of just staying focused and just trying to win another race. Because ultimately, I think you just have to treat every race like it's another race. And I think... I think that, you know, like for me, like Chili Bowl, I would amp myself up so much for that race that I would end up making mistakes. And eventually I got to the point where I was just like, screw it. It's just another race. And that's, that's what I want. You know, I, I was like, I don't care the result, you know, just going to treat it like another race. And um, that's what I try to do all the time now. Yeah. Yeah, I actually like I I actually like the little bit of like pressure. I like the amped up. Like it just gets me a little more excited, you know. I well, think than like a standard race. Yeah, so like 2020 we had a great year. 21 I had a, a amazing year too and like I remember in 2020 and 21 like yeah, every race felt like another race and then leading into Knoxville Nationals, you know, I was starting like third in the feature and that was like the first time in a long time I had woke up the morning of a race and was like amped up and butterflies and all that. And like, it was a refreshing feeling to have that, you know, again. So yeah, I may have that feeling, um, you know, the Eldora, uh, when we raced for a million, but I think Knoxville was maybe different because you knew where you were lining up. You knew you were going to be in contention to, to race for a big win where Eldora, it's like, you don't know until, you know, before the yeah. feature, Maybe that's yeah. when all the players will kick in. Yeah, I feel like those heat races will be intense. Yeah, I mean they already are for Kings Royal. I think for a million, it's going to be insane. Yeah. Well, and Eldora does a good job too of like with the the pyro and all the fireworks, okay. and I mean they they build it up and blow it up big, right? So it's like I'm sure they're, um, I'm sure and it's going to be wild. always just like so unknown. Like you don't, yeah, you never know, like especially for me, like for how shitty we qualify at Eldora all the time. Like I never know where I'm going to start in the heat race. I'm like the praying that I you know, hit the end. The wheel of misfortune. Yeah. And then like, I don't know if it's, well, I, I think they line it up different now for the million I saw, but like, you know, heat six or something would be like the pole versus 12th, you know, and like first to second in the heat race. So like, their format's so goofy, but it makes the racing so intense in those heat races because the positions are just, they mean so much. So, um, yeah, yeah. Eldora does a great job of like just making some crazy stuff and, and, uh, making the atmosphere of the event cool. And it's a 50 lap feature too. And I think you got to break around oh, wow. like, like halfway or something like around like lap 20 or something, I think. Um, so there's, you got time, right? Too. I mean, you got time and you got a red theoretically to make, uh, make improvements. So that, that certainly helps too, I'd imagine. Yeah. Just yeah. kind of based on where you start, obviously. I yeah, love I, you love, you love long races, but I, I don't love the fact that you can change tires. So I wish you didn't have to change tires, yeah. but I'm not, I'm not going to complain. You know, I mean, it's, yeah. 
when when you race for a million dollars, there's no there's hey, nothing to complain about. Eldora, we've all seen them throw curveballs right for the race too. They might say like, "Now nah, change our minds. Got to run the same set," <laughs> which I yeah. think would make the racing better. I mean, yeah. yeah, I don't, especially Eldora. I mean, their surface is so good; it doesn't chew tires up. It doesn't, you know, do anything. Well, like you that. Well, you can, you can leave your tires on. It's just, it's just, yeah. it allows people, it allows people, you know, to maybe get their stuff hot and just don't pay any consequences or, or, you know, blister early in the race. But it's also to, to like Dylan's point, like, you know, if you maybe didn't sit, you know, if you aren't running up front, you could go really, really hard and then change your tires. I don't, I don't know. I guess there's multiple ways to look at it in lots of different scenarios and they made the rules. We play by them and, you know, the winner gets a million bucks. So that's cool. Yeah. Cool. That'll be fun. Um, coming up, as we said, in uh, in about three weeks. I want to make sure I get my dates right here. July twelfth uh, and thirteenth on Flow, and of course leads right into Kings Royal weekend as well. So, uh, and we did mention Sam Hayfertit Jr. surprise winner, kind of with the All Stars uh, last week in Ohio Speed Week. So uh, Rico looked good there too. Um, I think he he had a mechanical issue with uh, with a few to go that um, that kind of took him out of contention, but he'll certainly be. Uh, be a threat in a couple weeks. So, uh, all right. So we're kind of at the halfway point uh, of the High Limit Sprint Car Series season. So we we wanted to use this show, part of this show, to uh, just kind of talk big picture about um, up to this point in the year. And 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 I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on um, on just where we're at at this point. And and of course, you know, we go back to the beginning of the year with with Geo Selzy winning at Lakeside to kick the year off with fifty grand. Um, Brad, I, I'll I'll go to you first here. Um, we mentioned you know that Geo came from you know from kind of mid pack and, and charged up through there, and it was um, you know it was a good race. But um, from where we're at now to where we were at then, as as kind of making our debut as a series, I think there's been a lot of strides made. Would you agree? Yeah, I think we definitely have made improvements on on every front. Um, you know, we've certainly made mistakes. Uh, you know, we've certainly had some some moments that we've we've learned from but in five races i feel like every time you know we had an event we improved on you know our thought process our you know planning um you know our track prep's been great our racing's been great um yeah i just i feel like it's these things are are really hard to do um but we're we're pulling it off and we're getting a lot of great feedback. Uh, the fans seem really happy. The Tuesdays and Wednesdays are, are working really well. And, and, you know, we're getting crowds, uh, you know, for the most part, there's been a few crowds that have been lighter than others, but, you know, Lakeside was great. Uh, you know, Wayne County had a great atmosphere, you know, then Eagle was, you know, off the chart, you know? So I feel like, uh, yeah, from all that racing has been good. We've got great following. We've got great car counts. Um, you know, we, we, we brought MedStar on, uh, so they come to all our races now. I think that was a big improvement from the first couple shows. We didn't have, you know, we weren't prepared for a few things. And then, yeah, I mean, I, I, I give ourselves, you know, a little pat on the back. It's, it's nice to take a little breather because those, those five were, you know, they're a lot of work for us to, to do, especially with racing a full-time outlaw schedule. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty pleased. I hope, uh, I hope Kyle's been enjoying, the, enjoying it as well. You mentioned the safety, the safety improvements, and, and I want to get your thoughts too on, um, you know, we, we all saw, I think the Knoxville incident with Carson Macedo and, and you were, you and, uh, Spencer based in, and Geo were kind of three of the first guys on the scene there. Um, 
so, you know, we always, we always talk about how we can improve safety and how we can improve things at the racetrack just to make you guys um, feel safer. But, but I, I do kind of want to get your thoughts just on that whole Knoxville incident. And, and um, you know, if, if you had anything you wanted to share about things that have changed or things that are being improved or, or what happened in that incident, that sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, obviously as a racer, I'm always, uh, you know, worried about safety as much as anybody I'm in these cars. And then, you know, now as kind of starting this series, I, I certainly am even looking at it, you know, further as, as something that, you know, I've always taken my safety is, you know, think that I do a little extra than, than a lot of people, but when you start to do a series and you start to see some of these crashes up close and then, you know, that experience there with Carson was, you know, uh, really, really scary. Um, you know, really helpless feeling. Um, you know, so I certainly have dug into a lot of things, um, you know, with, with, you know, the fires and, and, you know, certain things that we just, you know, obviously in sprint car racing, we want to, we want to just keep making improvements. It was obviously a huge deal that Carson had an accident like that and was able to walk away and race the next weekend. So, I mean, I think, you know, we're seeing, you know, definitely improvements because not sure that that would have happened, you know, a number of years ago. Um, but yeah, there's, there was a, he was unconscious and there was a, you know, the fuel cell comes loose and gets punctured and fuels running on the ground and, and catches fire. And, you know, uh, me, Gio and, and Spencer could see the, you know, he was unconscious and the fire, you know, so we thought maybe we could help. And, you know, the Knoxville fire safety crew did a great job. Uh, they had the right tools, the fire aid foam, you know, stuff that, that, you know, they were, they were able to get the fire out, obviously you know, we can go back and look and criticize, but, but those moments are when you're in the heat of those moments, it's, it's crazy how fast things are happening. And, you know, three seconds feels like three minutes, you know, it just, it was just a wild experience, but, uh, everything did its job. You know, Carson was sprayed down with that foam. He doesn't really have any burns. Um, uh, they were able to get him out safe, uh, and he's racing. So that made me feel better. And it made me as a series you know, building a series, it made me want to do better, uh, on all fronts. And, uh, I think one thing we need to look at is to keep these tail tanks on these cars. You know, they, they seem, tend to fly off, not tethers, but a better mounting system. Um, you know, I think we, we as a series need to make sure we have MedStar or tools in place so that, uh, we can respond to crashes like that. Um, you know, so there's just, yeah, I'm just digging into it and, and I can, you know, promise you that by the end of it, um, you know, we'll definitely have one of the safest, you know, the safest series out there or rules that, that, you know, or people or personnel or whatever it takes to, to be one of the safest places for guys to race. And the good thing is too, is kind of like you mentioned, you know, I think across the board in dirt racing, there's uh, it's obviously on the forefront of everybody's mind. Like I've seen even USAC is, is mandating some changes on their midget chassis moving forward. So um, everybody's aware of it and everybody's certainly trying to, uh, make it as safe as possible as always. And, and, you know, we're obviously certainly glad too, that Carson is, uh, is feeling okay. And is, is back in the car back to, uh, our season recap, Anthony Macri won at the 34 raceway. And then, uh, since then it's been Kyle winning at Wayne County on May the 16th at Tri-City Speedway, St. Louis, <laughs> uh, at the, uh, at the end of May. And then of course at Eagle. So, um, what's uh what's going well for you guys right now kyle i mean and you obviously won again last night at Houston, so um you know things th things kind of seem like they're clicking with you guys right now and, and it's not happening at a, at a better time i'd imagine 
Yeah, no, it's been good. I mean, obviously, a lot of the tracks we're going to are tracks that suit myself and in the 57 car. Um, you know, I'm don't know how we'll be once we get to these half miles and stuff coming up, but um, you know, I, I'm excited that we've been fast to this point. It's been good to race, you know, to, to let Paul work on our car. I feel like we are a lot better now than where we were the first couple of races of the year. And, and obviously the results, you know, back that up. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just fun. I, I love racing sprint cars. I love, you know, having more opportunity to race this year with the midweek stuff and the high limit racing. Um, it's been fun to, to compete in that and, and compete with, the other drivers and seeing drivers travel to our races, seeing the fans support our races at the track, as well as at home, watching on flow. The viewership's been great. Um, you know, getting to talk to Brad after the events and, and hearing his recaps on what went smooth, what they, you know, could have done better, stuff like that. You know, I, I like at Eagle, you know, I'm obviously I'm staying on top of the trailer watching hot laps and qualifying. I'm like, looking at the crowd and thinking this is amazing seeing how many people are there, but I'm like, Brad must be so stressed out right now, <laughs> you know, <laughs> trying to scan people in. Uh, I'm texting him about, you know, the track's too wet and hot laps. I'm waiting for him to walk over and punch me in the face <laughs> and stuff like that. So I'm just, you know, trying to just, you know, think about what he's, he's dealing with and thinking about, but, um, no, it's been fun. I think it's, it's fun to, uh, have events go as well as Eagle did. And I think Grandview is our next one. Looking forward to that one because you know, I've ran Pennsylvania Speed Weeks races there the last you know, handful of years. And that place is always packed. The merchandise row is always packed. It's going to be fun to get to have the posse, you know, venture maybe off their porch a little bit to, to drive, you know, an hour away to uh, come race <laughs> on the week show. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's been a lot of fun and, and I look forward to, you know, sculpting next year's schedule now and, and trying to make our series bigger and better and, and safer, as Brad mentioned, and um, just trying to improve on things each race. There's six races left this year. Uh, as you mentioned, Grandview on July the 25th, and we go to Kokomo on August the 1st. That's the reschedule from uh, earlier this year. Then Husets on August the 15th. That's right after Knoxville. And then Lernerville, Bridgeport, and then the season finale at Putnamville on October 10th. So real quick, um, Kyle, I know you you just mentioned Grandview, but is there any other ones on there, both of you guys, that you're you're extra excited about that you're looking forward to? Obviously, Lernerville's uh, the second 50 grand to win race of the year, so that'll be a big one too. Yeah, I mean, honestly, all of them. I, I think I think we, we haven't had a bad race to this point. Um, looking forward to at all the tracks we have coming up, I think they're all places that can put on great races. So, um, yeah, I'm excited about all of them. Um, you know, excited about whatever one we get Dale Jr. to come to as well and, and help, you know, promote our event and, and bring a different fan base maybe to the racetrack to, to view a different style of racing that they might not be familiar with and, and hopefully turn them into rate or sprint car fans. So, um, I don't know. I just, I look forward to, to everything upcoming. Yeah. Same, same with me. I feel like, um, it's hard to really pick one out. I mean, they're all, you know, I just want to keep having good events. You know, that's the biggest thing is, is keep improving, you know, keep having good racing and, and, uh, you know, obviously, um, 
you know, 50,000 at Lernerville's, you know, obviously sticks out a little bit. It's really, you know, it'd be a big, big, big show for us, but yeah, just, just want to keep having great races and all the tracks we're going to, you know, are certainly, you know, capable of producing that. So, um, you know, just keep, uh, making the fan experience better and better and, and, uh, you know, keep growing, keep growing, just like Kyle said. Well, while we're uh, while we're finishing up high limit talk, I want to get this read in about um, Tezos and the digital collectibles that race fans can collect. Um, I know Kyle's a big uh, a big fan of these. You can get uh, these digital collectible and digital card games uh, with Kyle, and there's 15 other high limit sprint car series drivers: Tyler, Courtney, Brent, Marks. Um, through Tezos, you can you can buy racing packs and reveal digital collectibles. Then you can buy and sell those online in their marketplace uh, on the Tezo site to collect 20 cards. And then uh, through those, you can unlock in uh, some incredible prizes, a meet and greet with Kyle opportunity to present a victory lane check at a high limit race. Um, you can check that out at collectibles.flowsports.tv. So um, be sure to check that out. Uh, June 26th is when those um, are released. So that's coming up here. Uh, the end of this week so be sure to check that out all right um you guys are both racing this week obviously at Husets uh for two hundred fifty thousand dollars on saturday uh we've already mentioned kyle one last night brad you didn't have as good of a night but um what are you guys what are your thoughts on on the rest of this week and and um you know brad are you guys going to be a little better tonight hopefully yeah obviously hopefully um yeah i mean it's exciting i mean luckily the way the format is you can have a bad night and you know, it's not, you don't feel like you're out of it by any means yet. And you know, there's still, it's, it's a little bit of a marathon. I think with the way the format is, you, you really, it can be up and down throughout the night. You can maybe not qualify great, but have a good heat race and kind of dig yourself out of a hole or, you know, um, yeah, I think you want to control your own destiny. I think it showed last night qualifying good and just, you know, passing a car in the heat, you know, set yourself up a little bit better. I was, way off in qualifying is why we, you know, got behind and, you know, it's always hard to overcome that. And, uh, felt like this wasn't our night, you know, <laughs> got through the B and then made it all the way to maybe 10th or 12th in the A and, and actually felt really good about my car. I uh, was passing cars and then I uh, just got in a little fender bender and luckily it wasn't worse. So, um, you know, sometimes in racing, you just, you know, ride a night off and, uh, start over again tonight, but we, we thought we made improvements on our car. So hopefully that'll show up, uh, tonight and tomorrow and we can get up there and, uh, battle young money. Houston is a cool place, isn't it, Kyle? It's a, uh, it's a fun place to run. Yeah, no, I think, I think when they get the surface, right, it is a, a fun place. Um, you catch traffic quickly. Uh, once you do catch traffic, it's difficult to, to do anything with it. You know, I, like I caught, brad there towards the end of the race and then um you know i kind of just was following him through the the traffic and um usc said it i thought as being behind him i thought his car looked really good um he obviously just had some bad luck there at the middle of the race or whatever it was and um all that but yeah i thought he could get through the middle of three and four and slide guys really good um so yeah no i thought the track honestly for Houston's, I don't know. I'm curious what Brad thinks like how, I don't know how it could have been a whole lot better without, you know, taking rubber. I think, you know, another yeah. 15 laps, that place just goes from like grip to slick to rubber so fast. <laughs> yeah. I, I felt yeah. like, you know, it was 35 laps last night, like another 15, it was going to be 
rubber for sure. So I'm not sure how they can get it a whole lot better without, you know, sacrificing even more of the first half the race with, with the surface. So yeah, they did all they could throughout the night. I know it was a long night and um, your know, heat races weren't the most exciting thing and all that, but you know, I thought you got guys that were able to pass and feature, you know, Brad mentioned him driving forward based and had the flat tire. And I think he drove back to the top 10. So um, <clears throat> the surface was good for passing. It's just, uh, I, I don't envy the, the track prep crew there. I think they, they have their hands tied a little bit with just the dirt and the surface and how fast it wears out. So um, hopefully they can keep up with it and keep the track good and racy and, and make it good for all, I'm assuming it's 50 laps or so on, on Saturday night. Brad, how, how, you know, how valuable are the notes you gather this weekend for when we go back there, you know, in, in August? I mean, is that something you'll, you'll reference when, when it's, it's our turn to kind of prep the track and, and take care of it, that sort of thing? Well, they, they do a really good job. Honestly, I know they get a lot of, they take a lot of heat. Um, but I feel like they are starting to really get it figured out and they have all the right equipment. And honestly, um, you know, I'll, I'll definitely support where I can support, but you know, like Kyle said, I don't envy them because, you know, they got to live in this world of, of, you know, a track, a surface that, you know, is very finicky. We have that a little bit at Chico, but I think this place even, you know, takes the cake a little bit. So, um, I, like, I, like Kyle said, I don't think they could have really done much better than they did last night. Um, it's crazy that open red. I mean, we sat there for a few minutes and then the track changed drastically, you know, from that point forward, it was getting slicker, slicker and slicker quicker. I think they realized like they thin the cushion out to kind of keep it moving. Cause I think they realized like if the cushion's moving, then we don't, our left rear is not in the same spot lap after lap. So I definitely think they understand and have a goal of what they're trying to accomplish. Um, you know, as a driver, I wish the bottom would just maybe stay a little bit better, but it's almost like we wear the bottom out and then everybody kind of goes to the top. So, um, yeah, I think it'll, I mean, I, I certainly didn't have, too big of a problem passing cars last night. So that's all you can ask for. And I think when we come back, um, yeah, I think they'll learn a lot, another you know good amount this, these four nights, you know, with this amount of cars and, you know, hopefully we'll bring a big car count here and, and they'll, they'll do a good job in August. Yep. That'll be fun. $250,000 to win that on Saturday. Uh, by the way, dirt cup at Skagit as well going on this weekend on floor racing, uh, 62,000 to win plus like $500 per lap you lead. So an opportunity for close to 80,000, I think if you win, wow. win that and lead all, all 40 laps or something. So uh, wow. a couple of big races going on this weekend. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. Good, yep. good time to be a sprint car racer. That's for sure. That's right. The, uh, the summer of money is here officially. So um, last thing, hold or fold. Uh, I'm holding non-wing sprint cars at the action track in Pennsylvania. I don't know if you guys saw that this weekend. Great race. Cummins um, is going to win every single one of those. <laughs> I know he is. It's like, it's like Hobstot, you know, yeah. just, you know, on, not on steroids, but it's the same philosophy. Um, yeah. anybody have a fold or anybody have anything you want to hold? I'm, I'm on the fence on folding the dice roll. So unless the fans like it uh -oh. enough that they can convince me to bring the dice roll back, uh, the racers, it just doesn't seem like uh, it's got enough traction. Um, you know, the the front row, it's like we're paying maybe a little too much to win, so they don't want to go back. But, um, you know, trying to find something that's exciting for the fans and that the racers will, you know, it'll actually 
be meaningful. I'm just not sure we're accomplishing it. It's maybe sound a little better on paper and, and when we talked about it than, than what's actually happening. But if the fans want it, we'll keep it. But right now I'm, I'm leaning towards folding them. We just need some participants. We need some guys that are, are willing to risk it, but it's uh, if easier said than done. From fourth, I don't think anybody. I know. Is it, so. <laughs> I, was, I was disappointed <laughs> that we uh, we finally got some low numbers and and nobody nobody bit still. So. Rico fell back to like fifth or sixth in the race and still almost won. I know. Yeah, I know. It's but it's just it's the it's the philosophy of it, I guess, or the principle. I, of it. You don't. I think it's just that we're paying too much to win. That yeah. like you got and then. And then also the fact that like your crew chief or car owner, you got to go back and tell them like, Hey, we're on the front row of the A, but instead I'm going, you know, I've got greedy maybe. And I went back for our money. I'm sure it wasn't an enjoyable conversation with you when you did it with Paul Silva. I'm sure he was <laughs> not, not too pumped when you too thrilled until, you know, you basically knew you had to win that race or you were in trouble. Dude, super pissed. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So. <laughs> A lot of added pressure, no doubt. All right. Well, we'll, uh, we're going to give Brad a few weeks to think on that and maybe we'll have a new, uh, a new dice roll or something to unveil, uh, in a few weeks. That's Grandview coming up next for the high limit sprint car series in Pennsylvania, July the 25th. All right, guys, thank you. Good luck the rest of this weekend. And, um, I don't know when I'll see you guys next, I guess maybe the million, but, um, as we said, good luck and, and thanks You're for an the time NBC today. Guy now, right? I might see you on the weekends. Um, my first NASCAR race isn't until Richmond though. So I'll be at, I'll be at the million before then. So that's probably, probably where I'll see you guys. So I saw Brad at Beaver Dam this weekend. Yeah. yeah. Beaver Dam was great. Yeah. What a couple, cool track, huh? Couple thirds. That place is awesome. Super cool. The Wi-Fi. That was nice. Oh, really? You were, weren't you? Oh yeah. Yeah. I was. Yeah. 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 I was. I thought you said something about Wi-Fi for some reason. No, that no, you're supporting wife. Yes, no, I was. She was. Uh, she was in the pits for for the Dirt Vision broadcast, so it was fun. So um, I thought she did good. Yeah, I thought she, she did is good. good. She, for what it's worth, she was very happy with the welcome that she received from the sprint car people. So that was uh, that's a positive. So you guys all did a good job, Brad, to make her make her feel welcome. <laughs> that's what we do. That's what we do. <laughs> yep. Cool. All right, guys. Thank you. Um, we'll see all of you watching, hopefully at Grandview on July the 25th. This has been episode seven of the High Limit Room on Flow Racing.